In this week's episode, we talk about all the fallout from E3 2020 being cancelled. What does it mean for companies like Microsoft who were planning to attend? What about NextGen? And what about E3's future in general? All that, some new games, and a few other bits and pieces on this week's Gameplay Pod. Hi guys, and welcome to episode 5 of the Gameplay Pod. Uh, my name is Giles Nicholson. I am at Giles Went West on Twitter, or let me up, Giles Went West on Xbox Live. That's the one. Uh, no, Xbox Live and PlayStation Network, same username. Um, so yeah, feel free to add me. In today's episode, we're mainly talking about the huge news that E3 has been cancelled for 2020. Um, clearly, you know, in the context of everything else that's going on around the world with the coronavirus, um, there are more important things uh, in life. Um, clearly, the most important thing is everyone is kind of safe and well. So um, we will be talking about the fallout, certainly from the for E3 and for the companies that were planning to attend this year, um, but you know, hard to argue with uh, scientists. In fact, I would say kind of stupid to argue with scientists. So, I am, you know, as much as it's a sad development, I am pleased that people are taking this seriously. Uh, in addition, we also talk a bit about uh, some games that have just come out or coming up. Uh, and a few other bits and pieces in the news. So, with that in mind, on with the show. So yes, sadly, the big news in gaming uh, of the last few weeks is that E3 2020 is cancelled. Um, yeah, no more, unfortunately. Um, and, you know, in the context of everything else happening, I can't say I blame them particularly, um, but it's really massive news in my view in the industry. Um, I'm very sad, so we're going to cover a little bit about that in the next few minutes. Okay, so I guess the first point is how big. Um, and it's fair to say that E3 isn't exactly at its peak right now. Um, so there's a fair few people who have kind of come out and said, oh, well, you know, maybe this isn't such a big deal. Um, there were some big companies not attending this year, and there were some fairly... Um, mixed reactions or sort of fairly concerning uh, statements in terms of trying to be a more sort of, um, I don't know, focused on influences and activations and all these kind of uh, words that sounded very much like it was going to become um, almost more of a kind of circus around gaming than about the games themselves. Um, so I think a lot of people um, had um, switched off a little bit. Um, but, you know, regardless, E3 is still the biggest um, gaming, not by numbers, but in terms of importance, I think, for the industry, uh, biggest event of the year. And um, although, you know, I think a lot of people saw this coming with GDC and other events being cancelled before, um, still um, quite a shock. Um, and, you know, it'll be really interesting to see how that affects plans for this year because 2020 was, I think, shaping up in some ways to be a really big E3. Um, still a bit mixed, as I said, there were uh, companies like Sony had uh, said they weren't attending, um, so it was never going to be uh, 
sort of back in its glory days. Um, but for Xbox in particular, I think it was a massive, massive event. Um, and yeah, it will be, um, I imagine there's lots of people running around trying to make a, make a good plan B right now because um, the timing really, um, cancelling 2020's event in particular uh, with the next generation coming, um, has a lot of implications I think um, for Xbox certainly for their plans um, other companies too and it's sort of tempting to think of just uh, you know the platform holders Xbox, Sony and Nintendo um, but you know the other publishers I think um, Warner Brothers there's some interesting stories going around about how they had massive plans for this E3 um, there was, I don't know if you remember there was a leaked uh, Harry Potter sort of action RPG uh, a few years ago um, which looked incredible and um, presumably was on you know really powerful hardware so I'm guessing that's a next-gen title that they maybe were gonna showcase and um, although yes we have heard that they're gonna bring a new Batman game and Rocksteady's new title as well to uh, E3 I think for the last two years um, I think uh, you know it was really credible that they were actually going to do that this year so yeah um, lots of rumors about Warner Brothers having had big plans and um, you know someone like Ubisoft as well they have a usually have quite a big event there so I'm sure these companies are all um, you know having a rethink and there's you know Typically, I think these events are going to be streamed online instead. Um, but there's definitely something about the sort of um, concentration of news in terms of E3, and uh, yeah, be um, slightly sad to miss it. Um, in other, you know, for other companies, particularly smaller developers, I think that's the real shame. Um, again, I don't. Um, profess to be an insider of any description but um, you know just listening to a lot of industry um, podcasts reading quite a lot um, a lot of the reaction seems to be that you know places like E3 were a great place for independent developers to kind of network and schmooze and kind of get their games noticed um, give you one example it was I think in the Sony conference so you know they're not small by any means I think it was Devolver title but um, maybe it wasn't Sony conference there wasn't a Sony conference there definitely wasn't the Sony conference last year but anyway my point kind of still stands um, Fall Guys uh, I saw this I, I guess it was on the Devolver stream uh, last year um, and it just looks great to me it looks like the absolute perfect uh, title um, to uh, kind of throw into the mix of you know more serious and, and you know more time intensive games that uh, that you know sometimes can feel a little bit intimidating I love uh, these little um, sort of party games and, and kind of pick up and play for, for 5, 10, 15 minutes and just have fun um, and yeah Fall Guys to me at E3 last year really jumped out I still remember that trailer um, and I've been following it ever since and I'm not sure I would even know it exists if it wasn't for that so yeah for the smaller games or the smaller developers um, I think this is bigger news than than a lot of people um, really give it credit for and uh, you know with thinking about E3 2020 um, but given that um, the event's been in a bit of a perilous state um, for 
you know, a couple of years now at least, and Sony not being there this year in particular for next-gen launch was, I think, a really, you know, that was alarm bells. Um, but it does mean, obviously, is this the end in general for E3? Um, and, you know, being based in the UK, if, if Gamescom became, you know, the sort of premier event each year, I would it'd be much easier to get to, so I'd be quite happy about that selfishly. Um, and people who attend say that it's, uh, you know, say that it's a much sort of more fun, really, and, and sort of slicker experience, I think. So, again, you know, maybe there is a, another event out there to sort of take the crown. Um, but yeah, you know, if this is the end, um, then, you know, that's clearly the end of an era for the industry um, and lots of repercussions again um, for all kinds of people. Um, but, you know, sometimes these things, um, you know, it's that great thing, isn't it, about uh, threat and opportunity. This, um, you know, the cancellation, just talking on the gaming side, I mean, obviously, um, not about the, the virus itself but you know maybe taking a year out for E3 especially as it sounded like it was going to be possibly quite contentious this year um, in terms of the actual experience on the ground um, maybe you know that year out and having a chance for them giving them a chance to um, you know reflect and maybe change course a little bit who knows, you know, it could be the end, but it might also be the saviour of the whole event. Okay, so what does this mean for games companies? Um, well, obviously, for the companies that weren't planning to attend in the first place, it presumably doesn't mean a great deal. Um, I mean, when it comes to Sony, um, again, we really still have no idea of their plans. Um, I presume that they did include some kind of event, even if it was a Sony specific event and say you know who knows what will happen with that but um, at least in the short term anyway it shouldn't be a huge kind of shock for them and you know they shouldn't have to replan massively but again who knows what they have in mind and um, for Nintendo I mean they always did or they certainly last year had a had a presence at E3 with the sort of treehouse type broadcast um, but they've you know they've transitioned really strongly to digital so the Nintendo Directs and you know without a new console coming out this year I presume that Nintendo also are fairly unaffected by this um, but when it comes to Microsoft I mean they must be absolutely sort of running around right now I presume they already had a contingency you know this hasn't entirely come out of nowhere um, and there's you know I'm sure they'll uh, they'll deliver some pretty, um, you know, they'll deliver something pretty impressive one way or another, uh, even if it is all digital. So um, I think uh, the quote coming out of Phil Spencer was along the lines of, um, you know, we're disappointed and it was uh, an event they were looking forward to and all the usual jazz like that, but um, that they will um, share something online, so an Xbox online event. Um, and that they will have more info in the coming weeks um, and it wasn't the coming weeks and months so that was interesting um, you know more info could just mean confirming timings and probably will do um, but it sounds like they were um, they were pretty confident that they're going to have a plan in place very soon so uh, something to watch out for and um, interestingly and I 
I doubt very much we're going to get a huge amount of news there. Um, but there was already in place because um, GDC got um, got cancelled, or I think technically they they said they might do something in the summer as well. But you know, it's it's not happened when it was due to. Um, Microsoft already had a an online presence next week, seventeenth um, and eighteenth of March, um, with Microsoft GameStack. Um, so yeah, there's um, there's a series of kind of talks, I guess, online seminar sort of uh, presentations, um, and one of them already scheduled on the eighteenth of March was. Let me just get the name. Um, Xbox Series X and X Cloud equals new chapter in gaming. So sorry, Xbox Series X plus X Cloud equals new chapter in game gaming. Um, now you know, obviously, as a as a kind of replacement for GDC, um, that's presumably going to be very developer focused. Um, but you know, it's an interesting timing sort of coincidence that. They had that session already in place, and now they do have an opportunity to uh, maybe even share their plans at that point. So maybe that's the time when um, they talk about when they're going to do this uh, Xbox Digital event. Um, you never know. I think there won't be, as I say, massive amounts of information in that um, broadcast that wasn't already planned. Um, but Xbox have said, and you know, Phil Spencer's been quoted saying they need to be brave in terms of how they communicate. Um, and again, maybe they'll see this as an opportunity um, when they've got eyes on um, the stream anyway, um, to say maybe a slightly more, you know, talk to a slightly wider audience than they would have otherwise done. Um, I think more likely we'll probably. Um, There'll be stuff to pick out of that session, absolutely, um, and I'm sure you know people more technical than me will will do that really well. So I look forward to hearing about that. Um, but I suspect um, you know if we get anything, it's more likely to be about things like you know XCloud was due to come to Windows 10 machines, for example. Um, and apparently it is in testing at the moment so that's a great example of something that I'd expect really to be in that session um, talking about just the evolution of uh, kind of xCloud and hopefully you know more about how it dovetails into the next generation I think you know the title of the session suggests that anyway um, so yeah maybe we will hear um, a fair bit more from Microsoft very very soon and of course, all that assumes that NextGen is actually going to launch this year. Um, you know, again, I'm I'm not an expert in uh, supply chain and logistics, but um, you know, factories in China and elsewhere around the world have, you know, either been closing or um, you know, staff levels have dropped um, over the past few months um, as people go off sick um, temporarily. Let's hope. Um, and when you look at just elsewhere in the economy, you know, capacity generally, if we have a large proportion of people off sick, you know, I think uh, UK government, um, as of the last couple of days, said they're expecting potentially 20% of the workforce to be off at any one time. So that's one in five um, employees just not able to work. 
and you know in my job I just think we have a uh, you know we have a stack of work to get through each day it's very um, current jobs quite processy um, with fewer people that just that just won't get done <laughs> um, you know there there is no extra capacity there um, and so you know that um, the work that we do will get um, backed up and um, yeah when it comes to the next generation consoles in terms of actually making the things shipping them um, and then all the work that goes around launching a new console the marketing everything else um, you can imagine that you know it's not unthinkable that they could be delayed into next year um, again I've got no idea how that would impact on you know the companies the sort of people who've developed the software I think we're in pretty uncharted waters in that respect um, but we have seen a delay for I think it was the Tether Graphics 16 um, mini or something similar you know uh, a sort of mini retro console um, citing you know production issues so you know wouldn't be, wouldn't be entirely shocked to, to hear about a delay and I guess Sony you know they've uh, they've said that it's coming uh, this year, uh, PlayStation 5, but beyond that they haven't said a lot, so um, they maybe have um, maybe they have more contingency plans around that than we, uh, than we maybe thought a few weeks ago. So yeah, the cancellation's definitely huge news this week and um, I think there'll be ramifications for you know the companies involved who are exhibiting uh, for the ESA who run E3, there's lots of questions for them, uh, not just about this year, but what happens going forward. Um, and so, no doubt this story, there'll be lots more to come. I think um, keeping an eye on this one over the next few weeks and months, and um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how things go. Okay, so outside of uh, E3 and cancellation uh, news, um, there is some other stuff going on in the industry in the last couple of weeks. Um, still on uh, on sort of next generation Xbox, um, there were some rumours um, about Lockhart, the lower powered machine. So just quickly, uh, they're worth covering because um, I'm not sure how plausible they are. So let's not give them too much time. But uh, and apparently it came out suggesting that Lockhart could retail at around $300 um, now given you know Xbox Series X looks like it's over 500 and maybe even 600 in terms of the sort of components of that machine and I think something came out saying that Sony um, would struggle to or rather will be uh, each PlayStation 5 I think is going to be costing at $450 so again the pricing you'd expect to be at least $500 um, just to um, you know cover costs once you throw in all the additional costs on top of the manufacturing um, so yeah if Lockhart really did come in that low and remember this is a rumoured kind of lower powered but next gen console from Microsoft um, if that did come in around $300, I mean, that's just incredible pricing. It really does then start to um, give people something to think about when entering the next generation. I think, um, you know, Sony's position uh, in the market right now is it was so dominant for PS4. 
And usually when you go into a new, new generation, even with backwards compatibility over the last few um, cycles, um, usually it is a real reset. And sort of all, you know, all bets are off in terms of what people will choose. I think this time, especially now that so many games are online, I mean, it's why I think Microsoft pushed so hard for crossplay. Um, because if your friends are, are playing on PlayStation, even on sort of PlayStation 4, and you're moving up, you just want to be where your friends are. And, uh, you know, some people have loyalty to the company. That's, you know, I don't get it, but it's fine. Um, hopefully, it's not toxic. Um, so, you know, play nice. Um, but, you know, people have loyalty to the company. A lot of people, I think, have sort of loyalty to the, you know, to the track records of a company so you know a lot of people I know who, who love the PlayStation at the moment are um, you know the, just the record of pumping out really high quality single player games and Microsoft's really poor record on that score um, I think there's a lot for Microsoft to kind of get over um, but yeah on the um, in terms of people sticking with PlayStation for next generation, I think there will be um, a lot more carryover this this time, and I think Microsoft have a, a real uphill struggle to, to get people to jump across. I think the way they'll do that is twofold. Um, I think they've been really smart with X uh, sorry, Game Pass, um, and you know that means that if you don't have a um, don't have a a catalogue of games on the Xbox and you're coming across from, from Sony um, you know for a small subscription and you know I think it's amazing value honestly um, for a small subscription you can have a you know instant collection really of, of titles so I think that's one thing uh, I said two didn't I I'm gonna go three the, the second thing uh, I really think is crossplay um, just quickly you know uh, if crossplay uh, is widespread and, and kind of default, really, this generation, I think that takes away one of the real problems for Microsoft. So that's smart again, um, pushing that, as well as being, you know, and who knows and really who cares uh, what their motivation behind that push was, um, because either way, it's massively consumer friendly. Um, you know, I don't want to, I want to play with as many people I know as I can. So, you know, I'm all for it. Um, so yeah, the the third one or, or my original second piece is now the price. You know, if um, they can offer a, you know truly next generation machine, um, but at such a cheap price, um, and you know the talk is there are certain ways that certain aspects, uh, certain elements of the machine that that need to um, need to be upgraded from the current uh, generation you know you look at the power of uh, Xbox One X and the GPE the graphics side of things is you know incredibly powerful actually for for this gen um, and it's the rumors of Lockhart are that it would be less powerful in terms of GPU than the Series X um, but a lot is limited by the power of the CPU in the current generation um, and storage. So, you know, Lockhart especially, I could see it being um, dependent or, 
supplemented strongly by xCloud um, you know almost as a kind of thin client type of situation if you've come across those in, in work or in your lives otherwise um, I could see that happening you know is there a, a way to get some local processing power to help alleviate some of the cloud gaming issues um, but then have the cloud um, really enhance that machine and you know uh, work hand in hand with with the technology you've got on the ground um, so therefore it's a, a much lower entry point into the generation uh, and into the Xbox um, ecosystem. Uh, over at PlayStation they are still focused on the current generation and we got a launch date for Ghost of Tsushima um, and it's earlier than I was expecting to be honest I'm not sure what you thought but um, yeah 26th of June so uh, Last of Us Part 2 uh, I think in May um, followed by Ghost of Tsushima in June um, so yeah first of all hats off to Sony you know um, they still have two by the looks of it these two massive um, games coming out on the current generation so you know especially if things do get delayed they're in a really strong place for this year um, and let's not forget you know Final Fantasy 7 Remake is still due I think next month uh, April um, and so you know if you're playing on PlayStation you know the next few months uh, you've got some massive games coming out and uh, yeah Ghost of Tsushima looks to me anyway looks exactly my sort of thing um, although I say that and it's interesting I'm still playing Horizon Zero Dawn still haven't finished um, and yeah I've got some slightly mixed feelings about that game um, really enjoying it in many respects but um, I'm a little bit nervous ghosts might suffer from the same kind of um, stuffication I like that word uh, I don't usually go for your, your portmanteaus but it's just there's so much going on um, and a lot of it you look at the map you know unfiltered it's like an Assassin's Creed game and um, I'm a big fan of kind of focused experiences um, so yeah, it'd be interesting how much Ghost, Ghost of Tsushima, I'll always get that wrong, um, how much, how strong the story is and how much it relies on open world. It feels certainly from the trailers that it's very story driven and cinematic um, and I would be all for that. Uh, you know, if I'm, um, you know, dicking around collecting feathers and uh, you know, climbing up towers and stuff like the uh, Ubisoft sort of open world um, template. Uh, I'm, as I get, you know, older and have less time and the backlog <laughs> continues to grow, um, I see all that stuff as just irritation, really, um, rather than value for money. You know, quality, not quantity, please. And then in the shorter term, um, and the good news because it uh, looks like the you know, uh, football season over here in the UK is on pause and, you know, lots of films being delayed and, you know, um, it looks like we might have uh, have to, or have lots of time to, to play games, which uh, is always a good thing, um, but especially because a few games either have just come out or are due out in the next few weeks, so um, it's quite a busy spring for gaming.
And I uh, mentioned um, on the Sony side of things that uh, the next few months is looking really, really strong. Um, it's great to, from a, you know, from an Xbox side of things, it's just so good to see um, the Ori and the Will of the Wisps uh, reviewing so strongly. So uh, Ori came out last week or this week, um, as I'm recording, um, and it's currently sat at 90 on Metacritic. I loved the first game. Uh, I waited and played the definitive edition, so um, I think it had, um, you know, it was it was pretty pretty tough and had some uh, some slight issues at launch. Um, but I played on the default uh, difficulty and, and enjoyed it. It was just the right level of challenge for me. Yep, even the water tower, uh, famously uh, famously tough uh, sort of chase section. Um, but yeah, I loved the first game, and it sounds like uh, Will of the Wisps um, takes uh, lots of what was good about the first game and, and really builds on it. So um, yeah, straight into Game Pass as well. Um, so I think Gears 5 was kind of the first big uh, new Microsoft release that launched day and date in Game Pass. Um, certainly the, the first uh, kind of popular one after uh, Crackdown. Um, but yeah. Uh, Ori is available now if you've got Game Pass and uh, I am really looking forward to getting to it. I will probably play it next after Horizon um, and yeah it's good news if you are an Xbox owner and don't have a PS4 or you know, don't have a Switch. Um, I think um, having a, a really strong game um, coming out in the spring on Xbox is um, yeah it's good news for everyone really. Um, more good games the better. And speaking of which, uh, Call of Duty Warzone um, came out this week as well, so free to play uh, and cross play. So again, I think um, actually credit to uh, credit to Activision. You don't hear that very often, but credit to them for um, you know really um, being one of the strong supporters of crossplay um with modern warfare and, and now I know it's essentially the same platform but but um Warzone. Um that's great news. You know, I've uh, I've got my um PS4 set up in a different room to the Xbox at the moment, so it's nice to uh, to have the option and um with crossplay and um presumably sort of cross save and progression um then that gives me a lot of choice. More importantly, um, you know, if you've got one system or the other, you can play with all of your friends. So, you know, what? Why would you be against that? Um, so yeah, Warzone came out this week. Like I said, free to play, uh, up to 150 players in a game, and um, certainly uh, the gang at Jump Cut seem to be enjoying it. So uh, yeah, maybe I'll check that out. But uh, not always my sort of thing. But mostly because I'm rubbish. So maybe I should uh, try and get in there a bit earlier this time. And then looking ahead, um, next week for March 20th, we've got that brilliant uh, sort of double bill, um, you know, odd couple double bill of Doom Eternal and um, Animal Crossing. So Doom Eternal on pretty much all platforms, I think, on the 20th. I think the Switch version's coming later. Um, but yeah, Xbox, PlayStation and PC. Next Friday, is that the 20th? Yeah. Um, and then for the Switch owners anyway, uh, a new Animal Crossing. Again, not necessarily my uh, 
I've not got into them in the past, or rather I've not tried, so uh, I shouldn't judge, but uh, it, I like my sort of Twee games, but it looks uh, a little too much for me right now. Um, and to be honest, I just need to not spend money on, uh, on new games, I need to just get through what I've got at the moment. So um, yeah, I hope everyone enjoys that one, but um, you know, certainly the quality should be there. I mean, the, the series reviews so well. Uh, Doom Eternal on the other side, um, you know, the Doom reboot, uh, is it 2016 I think? Uh, I played it quite recently on Game Pass and I really enjoyed it. Um, yeah, sort of uh, adrenaline ride of a game and uh, I'm not sure I desperately need another game just yet but that was probably because I played it so recently. So. Um, yeah, I've heard very good things from previews. Uh, looks like it's again sort of a bit like Ori. Um, Doom Eternal seems to have taken what worked in the first game or the, the reboot game and kind of ramped it up to 11. Um, and so, yeah, lots of good stuff either just out or coming out in the next few weeks. And uh, yes, for those of us, uh, or any of you rather, who are self-isolating in the next few weeks then um, you've got plenty to do on the gaming front so uh, at least there's a small positive after a fairly rough few weeks of news. Right so that's it for this week uh, I hope you enjoyed that uh, I definitely enjoyed talking about it um, as I say sad news about E3 but uh, interesting to see where things go and um, yeah while a lot of sporting events and concerts and films and other things get either pushed back or cancelled um, you know the gaming still continues so lots to do over the next few weeks uh, enjoy yourself I might see you online I've been Giles Nicholson Giles Went West on Twitter Xbox Live or PlayStation Network and I will speak to you in a couple of weeks okay bye Thank you.